to Minding My Business. This is a platform created for women who are wanting to elevate their business, their mindset, and their life. If you want to catch these episodes live, tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Instagram at Tanya C. Oliver, where each week I'll be interviewing a powerhouse guest. Welcome to Minding My Business, where every single Tuesday I bring on a powerhouse guest where we get to talk business, mindset, and life, and how to elevate all three categories. I'm just waiting for my guests to come on, but please just know if you have any comments, if you have anything that you want to actively ask questions on, we do get to see every single thing. So make sure you drop comments, make sure you give our guests lots of love. These women are powerhouses. They are just doing extraordinary things. And every single Tuesday, it's my intention and also the guests that you leave with some type of tangible information to apply into your day-to-day life. So let me just make sure, see if my guest is on. Hey girl, how are you? (laughs) Good, how are you? Good, welcome to Minding My Business. So happy to have you on the show today. So oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. So how are you? For those of you that do not know Rochelle, this is a beautiful Rochelle. She's a powerhouse entrepreneur, a rad brand CEO. You mentioned you're starting a mastermind group this year. Did you guys already launch it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so we're, yeah, we're getting ready to launch. Well, it's actually in the mix. So we did like a little soft launch, but not our, our full launch yet, but we're super excited about that. Amazing. So they're launching their launch and launching a harder launch. So go over there too. And then where's this quote, be the bank and I'll coach you. Where did that come from? Be the bank and I'll coach you. Cause that's like your title brand on your Instagram. Right. So um, a lot of people know me, obviously, for what I do in real estate, although I do do things outside of that. So basically, in the real estate realm, I've kind of done everything, but my niche is kind of uh, creative finance. But Mm. my favorite strategy is to go to the top and do it the way that the big companies are doing it. Um, instead of just assignment fee after assignment fee, I know that we're all in different areas of our life getting to that where being the bank is being able to create cash flow for yourself every single month without having to manage properties. Um, my whole thing is I'm a mom, um, a five I have, I'm married. So I would rather get checks in the mail. Than no, wait, you're married. You, so wait, hold on. You said your mom of five and you're married. So does that make six? No, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does, you know. Uh, But yeah, so that's just, I always tell people, Tanya, honestly, like investing, let's just talk about investing in any type of area in your life. You got to do what makes sense for your life. And I feel like this is where I resonated with you on is this is what I was talking about, about being on your podcast is, yeah, you're in the business field, you're a high level coach, but you know, it comes down to like here, here and your environment. And my main thing was like, I don't want to have the task of managing doors. I just want to get checks every single month that'll allow me the freedom to be with my kids, to take vacations with my husband. And I know that there's a hustle behind that and there, it takes a little bit of time, but I, I'm teaching people on how to be the bake. So um, that way they can, if they vibe with that type of mindset of wanting that freedom back, then, um, I'm good at what I do. I'm an expert and I'd love to teach you how to do it. So that's kind of what being the bank means. Nice. And I love how you address that too, because it's true. It's like one thing when you talk about investment, it's like people only focus on the financial investment, but you have to be able to operate at higher levels in order to play and play at bigger levels. And especially when it comes to the space of execution, like you could talk a great game, you could have the best criteria, you can have, you could be the most talented people, but if you can't handle stress, if you can't bounce back after something, you know, traumatic happens in your personal life, in your business life, it's like, that's really not playing at high levels. That's not operating at peak performance. And so that's really what I wanted to create this show about is it's like, we're all human beings, regardless of what we do. We, that does not mean that's who we are. Who we are is not what we do. It's just an extension. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to ask you, like, speaking of like operating at high levels, like in the game, as a career, as an expert in what you do, what are some non-negotiables that you're like, 
you know helps you be able to perform on a day-to-day -day basis at higher levels? Yeah, so the first couple of things is family. Um, my practice every single um, day that I have, my morning practice, and the third thing is sleep. Um, mm. I really believe that in order to be my best self, I have to take care of my mind and my spirit, and uh, my priorities go in line with God and with taking care of my family. So um, people that I do business with, I let them know if my kid has an emergency, I am a doer, I get shit done, but that's always going to, um, be my priority. So I am in line with people that understand that to a morning practice. I believe that you set your day the right way. So waking up, I don't touch my phone because like an hour and a half. I make sure and do my meditation, which looks different all the time. And mind you, I'm not perfect guys. I have days where Just I wake up. Perfect. That's yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Wow. That's I know. Wow. Exactly. And I like to say that because these are practices and yeah, I'm, I'm operating now and scaling, but I want to always be very transparent. It's not like that all the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. I fall, I make mistakes, but I think a person that operates at a high level has grace and be able to get back on, you know, the, the track right away. So I think it's that and then sleep. I do have I do believe that there is a time for hustle. Um, and I do feel like there's a time that you need to take care of yourself because the body keeps checking. It always wins. Sleep is essential to so many things, not just feeling rested, but the way that your body takes care of itself, heals itself. So those are the three negotiable, non-negotiables that I have. Um, and I, I've learned it through making the mistake of not doing it that way, you know, of just the money was coming in. So I'll work until four, you know, four o'clock in the morning, and then I won't sleep and have two hours. And I did that for two years. And that was the time where I had all my health issues and all the things. So mind you, I learned this through making the mistake, but those are definitely my non-negotiables right now. Yeah, I'm so glad yeah. you said that too, because it's like, you know, one thing is that we only know, like knowledge stems from personal experience. And I think, yeah. like, not I think I know, seeing a lot of entrepreneurs, and even in my line of work, uh, people where you're service-based, you want to serve others before we serve ourselves, And that can get us in a lot of danger because there's no serving without you. Yes. So, so what were some of the, you mentioned you had health issues that were a cause of not prioritizing your wellness. What were some of those things and how did it impact like your mind like can we can you share a little bit of that with people because i think one of the biggest assets that i hear entrepreneurs like successful elite entrepreneurs um talk about is that like their mind is like their greatest mm -hmm. um like tool right like without your mind like ah you know but yeah our wellness impacts our mind 100 uh, what was your experience with that yeah, I do believe it's like a circle, right? And um, wellness on the aspect of full wellness of spiritual, right? All the things that you and I resonate on. Mm -hmm. So I think it was what I started to notice is like my body, like I said, it, it definitely kept check and I was losing the battle because it was telling me you're at a point where you're not taking care of us. So what did that look like? That looked like uh, feeling foggy minded all the time that looked like getting sick more often that looked like um, catching things easier, always having a cold and hearing myself, I keep catching this cold um, and just being run down to where I got to a point to where my body was like, that's enough. I got sick all the time and literally started to experience other things like anxiety and depression. I feel like the body shows up and gives you symptoms as a sign to, Hey, pay attention to me. I'm trying to tell you that this isn't working or maybe we need to scale it back. Um, but this goes into our environment, the people that we have around us and us choosing to serve, like you said, serve ourselves first, because you know this better than anybody, Tanya, like being in this environment, it's very, um, you're given a medal for hustling until four o'clock in the morning. You're giving a medal for working seven days a week. You're given a medal for um, never stopping and grinding all day. I remember I got a text message from somebody and they're like, sign a contract, even though it's Christmas. And I thought, wow, that's amazing for you. But you know, it's just, it's that hustle mentality. So how that looked was just my body shutting down and the symptoms got worse and worse till I finally said, and my husband's a good voice of reason for me all the time to said, listen, 
You know, we need to scale it back because if we want to be in here for the long game, you have to take care of yourself first. So it looked like scaling back and some of it wasn't, you know, um, accepted, you know, like, what do you mean you're not working all the time, but it is being brave enough and ha being having the courage enough to make those decisions for yourself saying, I want to be here in five, 10, 15 years. So I had to make those changes. Yeah. Yeah. I did this poll the other day and, um, you know, I, it was really, um, I've been praying a lot about clarity on a certain topic and, you know, a lot of my topics come from, you know, I tell people like I'm, I'm 100% human. We all are. Yeah. I get, I, I'm always learning through personal experience mm -hmm. and, um, I was praying about this the other day and it came through to me in a um, meditation and that's why meditation is so powerful because we get so much clarity in meditation um, from higher consciousness, not necessarily from ego or like our monkey mind. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was, and I did a poll the other day and I, and I want to hear what you have to say on this and based on your experience as a successful, successful entrepreneur in your line of work um, that our, our self-worth is determined by our net worth. And I think the core behind the hustle of that is because we're trying to find value within ourselves, in order based on for like with our net worth. Hmm. So I do believe in that concept and I do know the intention of that saying your self-worth is, you know, depending on your net worth. And I do believe in your environment um, but I want to think, I want to speak to a time where I was a stay at home mom. So I have five kids. So the way that I had someone make a comment recently, like, well, haven't I heard about you in these last 15 years? And I said, well, it's because I was raising babies. Mm -hmm. Um, and I took that time off, um, sometimes a year, um, sometimes three years to be with them at that time mm -hmm. and have to get back in the game. Now, why is that important to your question? Because at that point in time, my network was so all over the place. Um, it didn't look like I was scaling and it looked like if I identified my self-worth with my network, um, it probably would have made me feel worse than I already did with all the mom guilt. Mm -hmm. So I do believe in that saying, but I always feel like there's an asterisk or there's something that we need to be mindful of because every scenario is different because my self-worth being a stay-at-home mom still being an expert in my industry did not change because I didn't have, I wasn't speaking or I wasn't around certain people. So I feel like we should never identify our self-worth with anything, you know, um, outside of ourselves. Um, I feel like every time we do that, we're going to end up hitting a wall or struggling. I think our self-worth needs to be defined with knowing who we are, where we came from and having it resonate within ourselves. And that way, regardless of it's like your network changes as you scale. It gets lonely sometimes. There's so many different elements in success to where I wouldn't identify that on the outside. I'd identified it within yourself. Stand firm, stand steady. And I think that's what makes you a solid human being is regardless of what's going on, you know, outside of, of yourself, you know who you are. I know who I am. I deserve to be here. I love myself. And that's what makes us break through walls. So even though it has good intentions, I do believe that your self-worth should come from the inside um, and not with something, you know, exterior. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I see because it's, it's interesting because the poll that I took the other day, I said, do you believe that your uh, net worth um, is a direct reflection of your, or do you believe that your self-worth is a direct reflection of your net worth? Not network, but your net worth, like your net worth. Gotcha. And, and, and then do, and then I said, or do you believe that your self worth has a has a direct impact on your net work, on your net worth? <laughs> We're like, okay, I know, like it's tricky, right? But this is a meditation I had where I was, I was like, wow, like, yeah, how powerful. The more we work on investing in building our self-worth the more that's going to enhance our yes. net worth yeah i thought you said network and so I, I thought was talking said, about yeah yeah something different but net worth i believe in that a thousand percent because i feel like how you feel the abundance or whatever it is it's going to trickle into everything so i believe in that you got my vote on that so how you feel about yourself is definitely going to 
be what your net worth is. So that I'm, I'm all in on that. Yeah. A hundred percent. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, it was a big, it was a big aha because I literally meditated this last week and I was, I was, um, like the biggest realization, the self-realization that I had this last month of July was about core values. And so I've been asking a lot of questions in my poll about core values, because as entrepreneurs, we base everything based on the external, but the external is a direct reflection of the internal. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, which came first, right? Right. And when we get into core values comes down to self-worth and how we operate is just a direct reflection based on you know, what we're, what we're valuing. Do we value ourselves and, and what, you know, the conversations we have, the rooms that we put ourselves in. And then also like, if you value yourself, you will consider yourself an investment versus an expense. Yes. And this all comes back to what you're talking about with, um, you know, pouring into you, pouring into your sleep, pouring into your, pouring into your faith, pouring into your children and then everything else is just like, oh, I decided I want to do this, so I'll add that. Or I want to decide I want to do this, so that, that. But, like, and, and I'm talking about this because everybody's talking about, you know, um, chaos possibly happening very soon, right, mm -hmm. in the market. Mm -hmm. We yep. had chaos happen. Actually, chaos is still happening the last, like, since 2020. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I wanted to like really like talk about that because I feel like core values and, and speaking of core values, like what are some of your core values that you also um, would define as like a non-negotiable for you that has built you and continue to hold you strong in your ground no matter what you encounter? Because yeah. you're, around, you're in a, a very male dominant mm -hmm. um, industry with alphas. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think some of my core values are very simple. I mean, not simple, but not so many. It's one is basing everything off of love. I believe every type of action or any, any type of thought, it's either the foundational is like love or fear and operating out of love as much as I can. Um, having very higher integrity um, has always been important to me. I'm a Scorpio, so it's either like black or white. I don't like to get into the gray. Uh, part of the reason why I created the TC company is I like to do things with like high level of integrity and really believing in what I give out, I will receive back. Um, and just being a good human being, you know, and treating everybody with the respect that I feel like I deserve. Um, and that's kind of how I've, you know, raised my kids is um, giving everybody that love and that respect and not living an assumptive type of life. So I think the bottom line is like living out of a love as much as I can. And like we said, we keep saying it over and over, but this is like the key, guys. It's, it starts with yourself in anything, you know. Um, so those would be my core principles is just like living out of love, very, very high integrity and just that respect um, and I'm very, I'm a very accountable person. So I look into the world of, you know, um, operating out of a place of love is like every experience, every failure is a pivot and moving me in a direction that I need to be and being so secure in myself um, that I can be in an industry where there's not a lot of women, where there's a, a very male dominant type of space, but feel like I deserve to be here. You know what I mean? And um you know, and so I think it's a combination of all those things, but those are really non-negotiables with me and keep in mind to practice. Um, like I said before, there are there some days where I'm like, dang it, Rochelle, like, ugh, or someone triggers me, you know, we still have those human moments. And I'm like, dang, I knew this. Like there's some lessons that I'm still learning, but it's just always trying to operate out of love and choosing to love myself first so that I can be a better human being like in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And you mentioned too, you know, you've got five children, you're operating a business, you're also have a, you know, a husband, like, you've got a lot going on. And one thing also that that I was um, really trying to understand when I was like, wait, like, I had to work really hard to build up self worth, you know, a lot of times, like people think self worth is something that just comes naturally. But like you mentioned, it's like, 
it's a practice every single day. The choices that we make all have consequences. And when you're talking about children, you can only give them what you are. Mm, so so a, lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs are trying to give their children better lives. But as we know, at any point in time, all the external things can be taken away. Mm -hmm. The car, the house, the, you know, everything can be taken away. But those core values of you being at first, pouring into your cup is really what shows, you know, and teaches your children like those core values as well. Um, have you noticed that by you being it, any shifts? Well, how old are your children, by the way? Okay, my oldest is 25, so I have grown kids. Um, and then my youngest is six, so we had a surprise. Our daughters, so we have four boys. Oh, okay. our baby is six, so there I have like a kindergartner to like a grown man, so very, very in all the different places. <laughs> yeah, that's what life gave me. That's fine, you know. So, um, but it's great. But yeah, so my kids are all all over the place. Have you noticed though, like as you've evolved and because you have such a large spectrum of your children, um, the shifts in their in what you've been able to teach them as a strong woman? Mm -hmm. Well, a hundred percent. When I, I had you know, my two kids, my two oldest boys, and I became a single mom. So I think as you're talking about shifts and teaching them things as they saw me at a different point when I was at the beginning of my career, um, really needing support from my family and other people and my community and helping raise them. And um, I know their aspect on what I love about it is them appreciating women that love to work because I was always the girl that I love being a mom but I always love to work. I always love to have my own thing going on, probably from the example of my mom, but them seeing me and now seeing a different me kind of scaling back a little bit in regards to getting in more freedom, more time and things of that sort. And I think it's been such a good model for them to want to be solid in being partners or husbands and supporting their wife and whatever they want to do, if that's the way that they go and being able to see what that looked like in giving myself grace. I had to have conversations with my kids where we do the best that we can as parents, but naturally they're going to get some things from us. And we had to go through therapy and all the things. And I had to apologize for not showing up in some ways because I was so distracted making a paycheck. So it's a hard thing, right? So it's like, give yourself grace because I was like providing for my family but also I miss certain things. So I feel like that part of the journey of having grace, forgiveness, and realizing that it can be done even in these types of circumstances, I think was a great example to all of my kids and the different times that we came. And now my daughter is like setting up lemonade stands, making like a couple hundred dollars on the sidewalk. She's like, I'm gonna have a jewelry business. And she's just like, and we're gonna do this and that. So it's just so funny to see your effect on the kids, but it is something that um, we need to take into account of showing up in their lives the best way that we can and kind of accepting them the way that they can. But I'm, I'm thankful that my kids have given me grace and loved me in our relationship because there were times where it was hard and then there's a lot of times where it's gratifying, but you're exactly right, Tanya, nothing matters. I mean, all of the, the, the house and living in 15 minutes from the beach, all of that's great, but the bottom line is like that relationship is the eternal aspect, right? And that's the most important thing is showing up for them and rooting for their rise is something that I say all the time, but really being for them um, there in that way. So yeah, it was a long journey, but I, I'm happy to where it ended and the kind of the effects it had on the kids. So I, I'm hoping, I still have a six-year-old daughter, so praying that I'm doing okay, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's so powerful too that you say it's like there's never it's never too late to like go back and course correct. You know, there's never go back to like there's it's never too late to like go back and like hey, you know, like let's talk about this. This is the season so you can understand because children right. understand. Right. And you're not going to tell them things, you know, when they're kids of that you just trying to like survive and support them and they're mad that you didn't show up. So I think that's right beautiful that you gave yourself the grace and you actually invested 
in therapy to, Mm -hmm. you know, heal whatever wounds were, you know, unresolved. Right. Right. And that takes a lot of courage. Right. And I think it's, don't you feel that way too? It's like, I think, I feel like therapy or things of that sort, even coaching sometimes, I feel like sometimes has a bad connotation because I don't know what it is where people feel like they need to do things on their own. And I know that's a very common mentality for entrepreneurs. But when I, I, I was talking to this couple this weekend and they were like, yeah, we're in therapy. That's just something that they do to check in. And in my mind, I was like, wow, they are investing in their relationship, whether you're having issues or not. And so I'm hoping that this is one of the reasons why I was super excited to talk with you is I'm hoping that some of the male people that I love that are leading these events will start to bring in this wholeness picture in regards to let's talk about business KPIs, the market, but let's talk about how are you doing as an individual? Are you living the life that you love? Are you, do you feel like you have a space as a man, as a woman feel to say, I need help or I need to go to therapy or I need this. I would love for these types of conversations to be more adopted in the business world. Because when I talk to the guys one-on-one, they're, they're struggling they have emotions, they're very complex, you know, and that's part of the reason my RAD brand, not to go off on a tangent, it's called Relentless After Discipline. That's what RAD stands for. It's learning to be super disciplined in your life so you can be relentless, you know? And so um, having those conversations with them, very similar things, different, but similar things on the male and the, on the female side. So I'm hoping that this conversation will inspire other people to bring this into the business world because it's, it's so needed. It, it really is. At least that's my opinion on it. <laughs> I feel like it really well, it is. And I, in a lot of it, you know, I just met up with some clients this weekend and also some very high end clients. And it's like the resistance also comes back to the core. The core is the self and the level of importance and value that we have within ourselves as a human before a business. Right. And once the realization happens of, wait a second, like, the business is an extension of me and I need to build my self-worth to then build up my net worth because yeah. the more that I think about myself, not from a space of ego or, or ignorance, but from a space of, space of really like loving and caring for me and how I can operate at higher levels. Because as you mentioned, when you were not taking care of you, you were foggy minded, you were exhausted and that's going to impact business deals. Mm-hmm. That's going to yeah, and, and even if you are successful, when is when is enough going to be enough for you to start to prioritize yourself? And I think these are the questions more people need to have, regardless if they're the top employee or they want to be the best employee or if you want to be the best at whatever you're doing in life. It's like, you know, I say this because when I work with my professional athletes, athletes, when they're at their peak performance, they have five times the amount of recovery and they have anywhere from seven to 14 coaches. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody operating at the most elite level does it on their own. And, Mm -hmm. um, and one thing is it's like, you know, I always go back. I don't know if Oprah quoted it, but I heard it from Oprah, but she's like, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So if you're always prepared, you're always going to be lucky. So true. Refining your craft. That's what it is. And, and, and I think that's an even an, an amazing subject too, because um, in, in my industry, and I'm sure you've heard about this, I get a lot of people that are new to the game and they get distracted by the shiny lights. This person made this money, but we're talking about, they made it. Let's talk about consistency over time. Now that's really being in the game. Yeah. Yes. The ability. And it's being at that elite level to be able to put your head down to work and to not be distracted and to hone in and refine your craft because good work, amazing work, always will get recognized at some point in time. It will get recognized because you're going to outweigh your competition because you have refined that craft so much. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now is that I've, you know, I've done it and I feel like I've done it so well that finally people are saying, wait a second, you know, what's this girl? What does she do? You know? And I feel proud of myself because 
I've been doing it for a long time, you know, but that could go into any aspect of our life, you know, is just refining your craft, not getting distracted by the shining lights and uh, preparing yourself. Like Oprah said, you know, um, she, I call her auntie Oprah because I absolutely love her. And, um, here's one thing. Let me share a quote with you since you shared one with me. So I love Brene Brown. Love her. I love her because of how you can adopt her, these type of feelings into business, right? And so this is something I feel like across the board, everybody should know. So a lot of times, just like with the shiny lights, generally as people, we want to be liked, but we need to not give a, you know, about what other people think. So she said something that stuck with me. She says, I'm in the arena and she's like, I'm getting my ass kicked. Now I get my ass kicked every now and then too, you know? And she goes, and I look to the side of me and there's other people in the arena getting their ass kicked. And she goes, and then I look up and she goes, in the seats, I see all the spectators watching us get our ass kicked. So she says, if you're not in the arena getting your ass kicked, she's like, I don't really give a shit about your opinion. She goes, and I thought, hey, that, that makes so much sense, right? Um, and I love that the way that she talks because I am, I do, it, it, it resonates with me and how I am, but she was, it's, it's going back to kind of building upon that shiny light syndrome is like, get opinions from people that are in the arena and not only getting their ass kicked, but that are in and trying and failing and getting back up, you know what I mean? And talking with people and or it's like you and I can have this conversation about failure. Yes, I failed. Yes, I've done these things, but that's okay because I've made pivots. So in this type of industry, once again, of opening up those conversations of the house and all of that looks amazing, but let's talk a little bit about where your failures have pivoted you to. So when I heard Brene Brown say that, I was like, I love it. That makes so much sense. Helps me hone in, refine my craft and also, you know, just, be very careful with the people that I have in my environment and also knowing like failure is part of the journey, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just part of it. So hey, it's Tanya. I'm calling a quick timeout intermission huddle. So bring it in. I'm personally inviting you to our inner circle. It's our monthly VIP meetup with other achievers, just like us. Each week, I'm teaching everything you're going to need in order to be successful to step into the most elite version of yourself. I'm going to break this down play by play, the tools, the systems, the strategies, everything you're going to need in order to operate at higher levels mentally, physically, emotionally, and energetically. Look, we're in a season where the idea of full potential just isn't cutting it anymore. It's time to really be it now. So Click the link in the show notes and I'll see you in the inner circle. Peace. Yeah. And that's what you see too, like about like going and asking for mentorship. Ship. Yeah. Joining a, yeah, it is a mentorship. You're doing like a, you know, a ship of mentors, but um, you know, it's like when you have that support and that community, you're able to rise together with other people that are in that arena with you, like you're talking about. And also, are going to be able to give you valuable information because everything comes back to personal experience. You're not going to know if you haven't experienced it. Like there's no way you can know anything if you haven't experienced a good butt whooping. Yeah. <laughs> like, so true. What it feels like, how you recover, how you get back up. I call them face plants. I'm like, and then you just like face plant as much anymore, you know, or you see the rock in front of you because now you're paying attention and you walk around it versus your head and your iPhone, you know, or your Android. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing too, like going back to one of the, the things you said about when you're talking about therapy and coaching is people, and this also correlates to what you're saying right now, people talk too much to the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking to the right, wrong people that are too emotionally attached to your personal life, that's why like therapy or like coaches, they're neutral. It's a right. safe zone and they have skills. They have life skills they can give you to actually do something with your situation versus just the gossip because exactly. the gossip goes nowhere, but like in a negative space. So when you talk about, when you talk about like, the discipline and you talk about, you know, everything that you had overcome to become who you are today, what would you, what would you say in the times where you face planted or you got your butt whooped? <laughs> um, some of the, the life skills or the tools that you find the most valuable um, mm -hmm. 
to build up that mental strength again or to build up that mental resilience to get back in the arena. Right. So I think it's all mindset. And I feel like your perception um, can really dictate a huge change in your life. So I, w I looked at all of these different face plants here as companions in my life. So when they showed up for me, I looked at them too. They were telling me something about my environment instead of taking it personal. I stopped taking things personal. Back to self-worth, right? I am who I am. Nothing changes regardless of if I face plant or if I don't get first place or whatever it is. And I carried that self-worth, but I looked at that as a companion. So when fear comes into my life, when pressure comes into my life, when I fail, anxiety, it's showing up for me in a positive manner to say, listen, we're feeling this way because one, I'm trying to protect you if I'm fear. This is a new venture you're going on, Rochelle. So be careful. And that's not, it's, it's a, in my mind, a sweeter way to look at it, you know, to be like, oh, thanks for showing up. I got it. Thanks for reminding me of that. You know, this is the way my brain works or the anxiety pops up, but I'm saying what's going on. My good friend, Carlos Reyes taught me about pressure and he was like, this is normal when you're growing, Rochelle. And I thought, okay, pressure is another companion that I have. So I think the idea or the perception that I have is I don't take things personal, whether they be in a mistake that I did or a reflection of how someone's behaving towards me. And I, my perception has changed when I do face plant. It's like, okay, what did I learn here? What, what, what did I need to learn? And then what can I do better? And I think that avoids you from face planting there so many times, but I will face plant again somewhere else. And it's because that's a journey of life is learning you guys and you learn through mistakes. You know, I wish we were smart enough to listen to our parents and do everything they told us to do, but it's just our own journey in our own life. So it's just changing that perception about face planting or failing or fear and looking at it differently. The mindset having my self-worth and just getting back up and say, okay, let's go again. I'm like, this is what I learned. Now let's, let's, let's get back at it. So that's kind of what I've done. And it's been imperative. And I feel like I've really adopted this as I've gotten into my forties. I feel like maturity, I don't think it has to do with age, but maturity, seeing the world differently, the more you live life, plenty the wider your lens get. Huh? Plenty of face plants. Yeah. Plenty. We could go on for hours in my whole 20s about if anybody wants to feel better about themselves, like, I will, like, been there, done that. Like, yeah. And it's neat, too, because then you're just not assumptive of people. Like, I love people's story from, like, rags to riches because I'm like, dang, they did it. Like, it's so awesome. You know, I don't look at it as a reflection of their character now. I'm like, you made it. That's why Carlos's story is amazing. Eric Klein's story is so amazing because look what they've done. You know, your story, you know, all the other you know, people. So I think um, that's a tangent, but that's how I feel about it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it, it's all yeah. like in alignment. And, you know, you're talking a lot about you built this, um, this master mastermind around uh, the discipline. And uh, you were talking a bit about distractions. Mm -hmm. What are some of your tools um, or that things that you teach? Because I know that you're a coach as well to help people to uh, stay focused when there's a bunch of distractions or the shiny objects, as you say, around them that could, you know, take them off path. Right. I think a lot of it has to do with being a leader. I've learned a lot in being a leader the last uh, couple of years of owning my own companies, of keeping the team, um, you know, honed in, living by your calendar, having that accountability to say, if I'm doing this every single day, I get my task done. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're an individual entrepreneur, then you got to really have that accountability and you got to be able to live by your, your calendar and set it up the way that it makes sense for your life, not someone else's calendar. So it's really having that accountability. And I really believe accountability builds confidence, especially when we have accountability with ourselves. So I always preach that. And then the bottom line is you got to have systems and you got to have processes. If you're, uh, if you're unorganized in your life or in your business, you're going to hit a ceiling. So in order to stay focused, it's an organized system that you have, that you've adopted, that you've invested in, 
and being able to lead your team with that structure or being able to have that accountability where you have your days planned out, where you have your goals written down, where you're saying, what is my goal this month? What, how am I achieving that by habits every single week? Writing it down, making it visual, read it every day so it's in your mind, it's top of mind. So it's really adopting those habits. You can do them individually. And if you have a team, it's being a leader that can lead that by saying, I'm going to show up when I said I was going to show up and this is what I'm going to do. And if I'm not there, I will have accountability with you guys and I will do better. So I think it comes down to the accountability of the individual and the leader and adopting those habits so you can reach those goals, right? Um, on a personal side, you know, shiny light syndrome is something that we just all got to hone into that we don't know what goes behind the curtains. So don't ever compare your life personally to anybody. You know what I mean? So I've really learned that. So for me personally, it's just what can I do to and live the life that I love with my family? And that's what works for us. Everybody else, I just kind of, this is what you do. This is what your life is. And I support you in that. So, but yeah, that's what I've kind of adopted, I think, and personally in business. And it's worked out pretty well uh, these last, you know, couple of years. And so um, to kind of like hone in and, and just, get stuff done with kind of a balance. I, I don't really like that word balance, but you know, balance. <laughs> I like the word priority because yes. when you yes. talk about is like, you're going to have all these calendars. Um, it's funny too, cause I'm going to be teaching a get shit done productivity course and we build out productivity calendars. And one thing that people, I think they get very discouraged sometimes. So I'm going to ask you a question on emotion stuff um, is that, your calendars are seasonal, just like your life is seasonal. And yeah. this tree, that's why I love this tree, is it's like so seasonal. Yeah. And um, you mentioned the word pivot, mm -hmm. um, being able to pivot when you need to pivot in order to, you know, really thrive in life. And with that being said, um, what are some of your success tips you use when you're feeling like you're not super productive or you're feeling low or you're beating yourself up or you're feeling discouraged like like how do you how do you get out of that funk fast right so i think always identifying i love that you said seasons because i always change so much as individuals of knowing your purpose and your why knowing your purpose and your why there's some type of emotional um i don't want to say entanglement because that doesn't sound good but emotional attachment to why you're doing what you're doing. So um, sometimes we can get ventured off, especially with my mind. I'm a visionary, so I'm like, I can do this and do this and do this and do this. And then I'm at the point where I have to hone back into, wait a second, I want the time freedom. Wait a second, my purpose is real estate is a vehicle for me so I can focus on my passion projects, my vocation that God has given me. So I really feel like knowing your purpose and your why is everything to, to lean you back into where you need to be. And then that will allow you to pivot. So pivot and saying, okay, maybe some of these friendships aren't right for me, or maybe um, I've gone off on my visionary tangent and I wanted to start 3000 businesses on a Saturday and I need to hone it back in. So always, and realizing that your purpose and your why changes, guys. I don't want what I wanted in my 20s and my 30s. I don't. You know, and we are ever evolving to Tanya's words. There are seasons of life. My seasons in life is my 40 year old body is like saying this to me. And so I'm, I'm getting back into learning about my body and, I, and my kids are, you know, and so realizing that through those seasons is it changes, but always honing into what it is. So do those check-ins. You know, my check-ins are monthly. Like, am I still headed the right way? Um, to be honest with you, Tanya, I was talking to my good friend Shereen about this and she called me because six months ago, I was like, F real estate. I was at that moment and I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing anymore. And because I have to be purposely intentful with what I'm doing, like it has to be, I have to have more than just real estate. Yeah. And she called me on a day, which was so perfect and kind of helped me pull me back into my why, which shows again to like the environment that you have and, and the friends that you have in your life that can say, wait a second, you're off. But you guys, knowing your purpose and your why is everything because it's in you, you know? And if you don't know what it is, get curious about it. Get curious about it. I always tell people real estate is awesome. It creates wealth, but let's create legacies, okay? Let's create a legacy. And what do you want to do in your life? Like, what is this money doing for you? How are you using this money to better 
something, you know? And so once again, my tangents, but it's just the purpose and the why is so much bigger, but hone in on that, just like your self-worth and know where you're going so you can stay visioned on your goal. You know, that's what's really helped me out a lot. Yeah. And I love having these like transparent conversations because people only see what we show them. Yes. See what it's taken to get there. I had a, a young lady message me. She's like, and you guys don't do this to people either, especially if you like want to be mentored by them or number one, never ask for things for free because we paid our dues to get here. Show me, show me. I love your brand. I want to create a brand just like yours. Show me your way, boo. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. Um, I put a lot of investment in it and there were plenty of times like doing this for 18 years. There were so many times I wanted to quit because I didn't see the return on investment, financial, mental, emotional, Mm -hmm. the physical work that went in it for a long time. Right. For a long time. And it's so important, like you said, is to understand why you chose to do what you do because it's not who you are. It's what we've chosen to Mm -hmm. do, take on. And it requires, requires a lot, you know, have you ever, did you ever in your career, uh, and maybe this is something you might be struggling with even currently. I I don't know. Um, but a lot of the main pattern I see working with elites is, um, And even, like I said, even going back to professional athletes, uh, that's why they have severe depression when they no longer play their sport anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because they have a strong sense of identity attachment to the Mm -hmm. life that they do. And then it just becomes merged. So when it separates that getting back to self-worth and self-value, almost people have severe, um, you know, uh, mental health issues and even sometimes suicide or because they've, I, they've attached, you back to that word attachment that you use, their self-worth and their identity with the line of work that they do. That is just so true. Um, I feel like, and I, I agree with that, with high achievers, naturally, we identify sometimes the praise that we get. Um, I've always been a, a high achiever. Like, I graduated high school early. I graduated college early. And things came to me like that, that luckily was a blessing. And naturally, I attached some of my identity to it, I would say for most of my 20s and part of my 30s. And that was kind of the part where I told you about like my health issues and things of that sort, because I just kept pushing it and pushing it, wanting to do more and more and more. And, um, and I had to do exactly what you said to realize my identity was with myself and not anything external. Because just like we talked about earlier, when it's external and then we're not doing it anymore or we're not receiving the type of praises anymore, then we have to, are we okay sitting alone by ourselves? Mm. Are we okay with what we're not showing people all the highs? Are we okay, you know, in this space? And I wasn't okay in that space. And that's when I realized, why am I not enjoying what I am doing and once again, looking external, externally, you know, but what I need to do is work on myself and to realize I'm Rochelle, this is who I am and back to that self-love journey. And like I said, the, the journey of life is you're either operating out of love and fear. So we keep mentioning this over and over. And my mom is a psychologist and would mention this to me. Obviously, I didn't listen to her one bit, but it really is. It always came back to me. And so it's a beautiful thing to be a high achiever or to want to achieve and want to do those things. But sometimes those are the people that I see can be the most miserable sometimes, or that can really struggle with what we're talking about. And back to all of the points that we've made is like having a space like here with you or in other areas where people can talk about that and saying, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm achieving a lot, but I'm not necessarily happy. So I think we've all, I, could you say that would be a commonality with a lot of people that you talk to that are high achievers that they end up having a season they go through where they experience this, I would assume. What, what, 
to your clients? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people in general, especially when you feel like you've had very low self-worth and low identity, and we all comes back to you talking about, like, I'm not a mother, but, um, you know, you have five children and you can only teach what you are. Yeah. So, um, you know, I wasn't taught that because my parents weren't capable of giving that to me because they didn't have it because they didn't invest that segment of self. And that's why it's the greatest investment you can ever do is into you because you uh, unconsciously teach your children that at the same mm -hmm. time and children become adults and then adults yeah. become doers and beers. And so when you have a finally find something you're successful in externally um, and you wrap your whole being into it, it, it's who am I outside of work? Yes. You know, yes. Who, who am I? Like you said, and, and it's okay to not know, but it's not okay to never spend time with it. And then time goes by a year goes by. I always ask this question and anytime I have to make very like critical decisions that are like very large investments, whether it be for business or be for my own personal self care is if a year goes by today and nothing changes and I didn't take action on this thing, you know, you call them passion projects, would I be okay with that? And some, most of the time the answer is no. Right. I'm asking myself that question right now. Mm -hmm. When you're asking me that. So yeah, I mean, you have those questions where you, and then especially if you have a history, I mean, another thing about entrepreneurship, it's high risk. So, yeah. uh, you know, when you are making, you have to constantly be making decisions on a day-to-day -day basis and people are looking to you, number one, if you can't lead yourself, you're not capable of leading others. So you have to learn how to lead yourself in all aspects of the wholeness of self. And then secondly, it comes back to like, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be okay if I don't change or grow in a year? Mm, yeah. You know, because th those decisions, a lot of times, like sometimes we make decisions that really get us in a mess. And then we got to, then as we're growing, we got to clean up our past mess as we're continuing to have a forward mindset. And sometimes when we're asking those questions, it's like, well, Sometimes I didn't make the best decision, so right. don't trust myself right now. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I at least am willing to know that I tried because right. trying is not failing. It's just trying. Right. You know? But there's a, a requirement for mental strength and mental resilience and all these things that we're talking about in order to keep going up. Because if we talk about some of the most successful people in the world, they have like a track record of making pretty bad decisions until they finally made one right decision. Right. Right. It's so true. It's so, so true. I think that's so important what you said. And sometimes I'm thinking about myself. Um, I, I don't know. I've been having this like reflectiveness a lot in my wanting to be better, but I just, my, I don't know if it's just like my mindset and what I'm doing, but I'm always thinking about how would I have accepted that in my twenties, my thirties and now in my forties. And it might've seemed semi-simple, but you know what? This rad project that I have is in my heart. It's burning and it's something um, that flows very easily. And I'm thinking when you ask that question, that is inspiring me to do things that I need to do. You know what I mean? And um, like I said, it's a journey of life of knowing what I need to do and creating those habits, but I'm human just like anybody else. And um, my Andre, my visionary mind takes me in these these different aspects which are always good and positive but I feel like once again it's thank you so much because it's such a good reminder of me of like where am I going and I'm not going to be okay if I'm not taking action on that because that story has a story about my family and wanting to make an impact in the way that we look at um, discipline and all those different things that I need to um, I would not be okay in a year from now if I didn't make any changes. So, and this is what happens when you hang out with somebody, this is back to my point that you can have these just, yeah. like we're chatting girl, you know, it's like, we're yeah, just, that's what this is for. it's like, yes. still, people have questions, they drop them. Like, I wanted this to be very conversational, right. like I have like core questions, but 
like this is just about elevating all segments and everything's just an extension so the more that we have these real conversations because this right. is this is real life yeah you know like I have, I have a question for you because this question gets asked all the time and it made me curious so you're a coach obviously um where do you find your coach <laughs> like where yeah. do you because you have like the training, the structure, the life experiences. And I, and like you said, you can be unbiased and identify. I'm sure even yeah. in this conversation, like now you got to find somebody that can do that with you. Is it hard or where do you, where do you find your, your coach, your mentor? I think that's a really great question. And I think, and I'm such a loyal cause like the, the astrological side of me is that I'm a Capricorn. So we're very loyal and we're very stubborn and we want to yeah. get so many chances yeah so many chances and so I think this also comes back to what we were talking about earlier about core values and what season am I in in my life mm -hmm. currently I have um I've got two coaches and one of them is for my body because a lot of people don't understand is when you take your body to another level it requires a whole nother segment of mental like a mental battle, I say, between your past self and your future self. And right. every single session, you push yourself beyond what you think is capable, but in a safe way, not in a way where you're going to hurt yourself because you have somebody watching you. And so um, I have somebody, I had to go through a few people because I told them what I wanted. So it was very clear on what I wanted and what I needed. And I think that's something too, is like you have to take time before you're hiring a coach and you have to understand like, what do I want and what do I need? Yes. And I've, I know I've tried this route of doing it on my own and I got myself to a certain level, but now I'm ready to like up level. Right. And I need to find somebody capable to support me, to hold me accountable and that have a, a higher level of skill set and knowledge that is willing to educate me because one of my my wants and what I what I also feel is very important to me is teaching me how to also be self-sufficient mm -hmm. so I don't want to be codependent on my coaches I need them to teach me I want to learn I'm a student and the other I have is for business mm -hmm. and um, during the process of, of hiring people um, and also knowing myself that I am very loyal and as much of that as it could be a positive thing, it can also um, hold me back, especially mm -hmm. if I'm not doing check-ins to see if that person is doing their part. And one thing where it comes down, down to you as far as like hiring out experts, and if you're the expert, it's your responsibility to do what you got to do to be able to take care of the people that are under your wing. And right. I that when I take care of my physical, my mental, my spiritual, and I put me first, I can then give my students the best of me versus mm -hmm. like what's left of me or a half-assed version of me. And that's right. my personal responsibility. And so getting back to the coach segment, I had hired some really amazing qualified coaches, but they weren't able to sustain the level of support that I needed when I was not feeling strong. Mm, gotcha. So yeah. This all goes back to the work of no matter how qualified, how skill set you are, how this, how that, like you have to have um, a very high level of um, resonance, of energy, of a strength to be able to support people at high levels. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I kind of like answered that question, but I recently had to let go of a few and transition into other ones that were able to support me um, as a high level operating human being. Um, and, and sometimes you just got to keep um, looking and finding and, mm -hmm. and being okay with swapping over, you know, right. not like the knowing myself and the loyalty. Like I told them a few times, like what I needed and wanted, those needs were not met. And then I just, you know, yeah how to find somebody else. So yeah, yeah, I would think it would come because I, 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 I do believe um, that, you know, obviously, there are some people that should be in that space. But as a coach, you know, I think there's always a good intention to want to be able to serve and to be able to support that. 
I think if you know that you're not, it might be a hard thing to swallow sometimes because especially with people that are such good people and have the intention and really want to be there. But I think it can be some semi of a relief, you know, because um, that you can get served where you need to be served. You know, there's been some times where I've hit the wall a couple of times and I wanted to see the, the, best on how I could help mold this person, but I knew that we were not resonating, even though I was trying and trying and trying. Um, finally, it needed to be cut off. And when it was, it was honestly a little bit of a relief to me, and maybe something I should probably should have done sooner. So I think that's a good example as to, you know, doing what's best for you. And I think it's positive on both ends. That way they can serve, right? The people that need them there. And then you can continue to scale and do the things and, and seasons back to seasons, right? You got to a certain point and you need to, to move on and moving on doesn't have to be the bad thing all the time. It's sometimes we appreciate you. Thank you for what you brought into my life. But you know, time for me to move this way. So pivoting. I think it's important to, to reassess like every month, like month by month. Yeah. Because some clients are going to transition very quickly. Yeah. And that just means you're doing a good job. So sometimes you might just need somebody for like a few months. Like I always say like to my clients, I'm like, you guys are, are going to need me in the beginning, but then you're not going to need me. You might just want me around. And that's yeah. okay too. Um, but typically the great thing about the coaching is they get results really fast. The bad thing on me is they get results really fast. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, it's like, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. yeah, but I think it just kind of comes back to like, you know, as, as a leader and as an expert, I think it's, and that's why I wanted to create the show, Minding My Business, is like, just be in your lane, like you said, you like, um, just focused on your life and what's working for you, what your core values are, what, what's important to you right now in your life, and just really being the best at that, and just, my, that's what this show is, like, minding my business, like, staying in my lane, and not everybody's gonna understand it, but... Yeah, I agree. I agree. Just focusing on what makes you happy, being like back to your why and your purpose, refining your craft and living the life that you love, you know, and it looks different for everybody. And so, and I'm not there yet, you know, like there's a lot of, there's more things that I need to do. I felt like I'm putting the foundation down in certain things and um, there's a lot more that I need to do, but just honing in on that. So I think you did such a great job in this podcast of kind of talking about all those elements. So yeah. I and one thing yeah. I was listening to uh, a spiritual like audiobook this uh, the last week and I yeah. want to address what you're saying is because when we say not there yet it's like we think there's an end destination we're never gonna be there yeah the process it's the journey like it doesn't end so we have to be like have more compassion as you're talking about earlier with yourself and knowing you're doing the best and there is no end yeah well like we die <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's really no end so like you know yeah. make life what you want of it and you know with that being said like what would you say what would you say the number one thing if you can leave somebody with something so profound and they feel capable because that's one thing too is we want to feel capable to take these things with us um, you could give one like golden nugget, one golden nugget for the people watching and then the people watching the replay for them to leave with, um, to feel like they can elevate their business or mindset of their life or just anything. What would that one thing be? Um, I really feel like my foundation um, that I would tell somebody is having a spiritual connection and, and knowing that we are, I believe, um, that we are a soul within a body having a human experience. Now, that doesn't, talking about religion, that's, I'm just talking about a spiritual connection to whatever that is, yeah. whatever that is for you. Because I am more than just Rochelle. I am more than my career, and I have a divine connection. You know, when we're talking about self-worth and all those things, the golden nugget that I feel like has blessed my life is figure out your spiritual connection, hone in on that and allow it to be your foundation to know that you are in a divine individual. And hopefully you can look at people that way and really start to resonate with yourself in that way. Cause my spirituality is the foundation of everything that I am. And it's kind of like my companion that picks me up is my companion when I'm happy or sad. So please, find some type of spiritual practice, whatever that is, whatever that looks like to you, hone in on that 
and do that every single day. Um, and that what I would feel like would bless my life, something I would tell my daughter and hopefully bless everybody's life of just honing in on that spiritual practice. Mm. And I'm sure that was very intimidating for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because spiritual, a lot of people think like, oh my gosh, she's talking. But, um, you know, you were talking about Oprah, but she says, what's your spiritual practice? And the, and the girl's response was like, oh, I, I'm not religious. She goes, that's not what I asked you. Yeah. I said, what do you do every day to take care of yourself? Right? Mm -hmm. Like your soul, you know? So keep that in mind. That's what I'm talking about. It's not religion. It, it doesn't even have to be God. It could be whatever that is for you. Energy. I think energy is more energy. energy. Yes. Like the word energy is a very neutral word because yeah. I have careful um when i when i talk to people because it's like politics and spirituality like just yeah unless somebody starts it first i mean this politics i don't get into but unless somebody starts something first then i'll be like okay but i feel like the word energy is a very like neutral doesn't freak people out doesn't turn them the other direction isn't super intimidating but yeah you could say like like one uh, exercise to help them feel more connected to having more vitality what would that like one thing be for them uh, manifestation is huge um i feel like there's so many e effects that it does on you are overwhelming that's so intense for people <laughs> it is it, but you know what it is what it is though manifestation is is uh, when people see that they're thinking I'm sitting in a room for 30 minutes, you guys, but it's just being able to sit with yourself mm. and just, and have that solidarity and, and, and be with yourself. So break these. And she's exactly right. So when I say spirit or when I say manifestation, people are like, Oh my gosh, but break it down into just being with yourself, sitting in silence and giving yourself that time. That's it. So, and how you take that, how you grow on that, but, you hear us talking about this, Tanya, all of the people I'm sure that you guys are watching that are achieving bigger things than even that, that I'm trying to achieve is it's, it's an important practice. So when you say, you know, do that, it, it is something that you need to take into account. And that, you know what my manifestation was for 10 years in my car, my quiet time after dropping my kids off, that simple. Mm. That that was my my time, and if that's what it looks like, find like and prioritize your quiet time. Yes, see, you did a great job. Like you can tell, she's a coach. I say it, and she's like, break it down, girl. This is how you do it. Find and prioritize your quiet time and energy. There we go. You know what I've learned, if we can, and not in a demeaning way, but I always think of how I like to be taught is when it's an intimidating conversation or topic that I like suck at for in the beginning because we all suck at we all suck at things that we just start in the beginning right uh tim grover he goes you know you're gonna suck really bad until you don't suck as bad and then you're gonna <laughs> suck a little bit less until you become okay at it and then you're gonna be okay until you become good and then you're gonna be good until you become great so everybody starts at that level of like yep. sucking you know yep. like not being good at it and so um i always try to go back to just teaching kindergarten like mm -hmm. Thinking yeah. simply and everybody can understand like if children can understand then that because these topics are very intimidating and I know that when I was first learning them I was like I feel like this is Chinese mm -hmm. <laughs> oh it's a foreign concept how, how is it yeah. not you know it's like I think anything is intimidating when we don't know what it is and we don't know what that journey looks like so I think that was such great amazing feedback of speaking to it in a way that doesn't allow it to have the big word right and just making it very simple um and doing that so yeah i think that was great well thank you so much for being on minding my business you just dropped so many diamonds on our audience where they can leave feeling in some way type of way where they can elevate their business their mindset in their life Rochelle, you are just a diamond and you're doing amazing things. And I'm so grateful to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, girl. Always watching you, keeping up on social media. And so grateful that I got to meet you. So thanks for having me. Let's do something again in the future. It'd be awesome. Yes, thank you. And thank you guys for watching. If you love the show, just drop a bunch of hearts or like the post. Uh, for those of you watching the replay, make sure you comment below afterwards. And we always go back and we check them and we make sure that we respond. So you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. And until Tuesday, mind your business. <laughs> Bye.
Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you hanging out with us today. If you found value in this episode, subscribe and share with your business besties. Head over to tanyacoliver.com and claim your free thank you gift. Remember, you deserve to look, feel, and live life as your most elite self.